Hello, Jay here. If I could ask, could you give us a little five-star rate in Apple Podcasts? Go on, please. It won't take long. You can just do it now. That'd be lovely. And share the podcast. Tell your friends. Appreciate it. And on today's show, we're talking to the legend that is the beautiful Sue Altman. Australian Sue arrived in Phuket over 20 years ago, initially to retire and play golf. And 20 plus years later, she's still working and being awesome. From working in the media in Australia, living in Samui, Philippines and Bangkok, Sue has now made Phuket her home. Sue is one of the good ones. She is beautiful on the inside and on the outside. And her journey to Phuket and her journey while being in Phuket is just awesome. This chat was truly one of the best we've ever had. We love Sue. Oh, and just to let you know that today's show is sponsored by Lambert Brothers Insurance Brokers, and they offer a multitude of different insurances, including health and business insurance, but more about them later. Right now, it's all about the awesome Sue. She's amazing, and lovely, and beautiful, and gorgeous, and fabulous, and every other descriptive word that I'm not very good at because my England's terrible. Anyway, on with the show? Yes. Sue, amazing. Mm. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I've got a feeling there's going to be a lot of sexual energy over the next 40 minutes. Okay, let's go. See? What? <laughs> Blimey, that's how we start, is it? That's how you start. I, I've known him longer than I've known you. Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, yeah, we see. Right, this is the same as that stupid, well done, Russell. Russell's amazing. Have you noticed, Sue, before yeah. we get into this whole podcast, if Russell does everything, everyone loves Russell, Russell's great. If I do it, I get criticised and moaned at. Why? Do, do you know that I've always been in love with Russell. Oh, there we go. We have a... He's always been my, my fantasy. Really? Yeah. We've acted on that a few times. Yeah, we try to keep absolutely. it low, low, low brow and... I just had a bit of sick come up in my mouth. <laughs> really, really... That's horrible. I just read something about that. What, Russell? Um, no, about the... You know the... Is it an idiom? Suck it up? Oh, you read... Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, and post. I went, oh, yeah. yuck. Well, during the war, Sue, you can tell us about that. That's probably why which, I don't... That's, which that's, do which one? Your, which one? Yeah. Which one? Yeah. Korean? I don't know. To answer your question of earlier, Jay, that's fucking why. Really? Civil War? <laughs> Civil um, War. That was, um, what, 1066 or something? No, no, that was the... Um, Battle of Hastings. The, the hate Battle of Hastings, yeah. yes. I should know that because of Colin Hastings. Because I was there. Uh, <laughs> so, that's so, where so, we so, met. Hold on. You met who? Russell at the Battle of Hastings? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ, this bloody podcast has gone ridiculous. Have um, we started you? Yes. <laughs> Altman. Is it Altman? Is it how I say it? I never know how to say it correctly. Neither do I. Well, you it's your name. Oh, it's my husband's name. Yeah, technically okay. Tom, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Altman. Yeah. Altman, okay. Yep, that's fine. So when did you first come to Phuket? Uh, oh, I think it was 1998 or 1999. Can you do something? the maths, Russell? Yeah, no. Yeah, 1998. 24. And what was it? What was the reason you came here? Um, 
Tom had just finished a contract uh, in... Oh, it might have been earlier than that. We were in, first of all, we were in Koh Samui, and then we went from there to Malaysia and the Philippines, and then we came, we came here and decided we'd stay here for a few months. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's we been a few did months. a few other contracts, <laughs> and so we bought a one-way ticket, basically, forgot to go back. Okay, well, let's track right back okay. and pack this up. So you're originally from... Australia. Where? Nobody's perfect. I am. Well, there's exceptions to every rule, so absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereabouts in Australia? I'm from Melbourne, down, down south. south. Thank you. And Tom's from Sydney, a little bit north. And, and Tom, let's just get, clarify: Tom's the husband. He is my husband. Yes, yes. Second time round for both of us. I'm the toy boy. Um, yeah, Russ is my toy boy. <laughs> All right, there's, there's, listen, <laughs> just stop you two, because okay. I'm feeling really uncomfortable right now. Oh. Russ is also the same age as my son. Yeah. I think. I think. How old are you? 39. You're such a liar. <laughs> he's lying. I know he's lying. <laughs> how how plus, old? Plus VAT. Seven <laughs> percent. So, so you're 46. And and a, and a bit. Oh, okay. Well, John's 46. There my son, John. Okay. So, Anyway, getting back to, to Tom, we've, uh, we've been together, we've been married over 30 years. And you met in Australia? Yes. Okay, so what I'm, I'm sensing there's a story there. There is a story. Okay, you can tell us a story. Well, we sort of knew each other. He was a hotel general manager and I was in the travel media and uh, we were at a AFTA conference, which is an Australian Federation of Travel Agents. And, you know, things happened at conferences. <laughs> Hold on. I was with you. I was with you last Friday at one. <laughs> we did have a hug. Nothing <laughs> else happened, I don't think. Yeah, well, yeah. sort of, yeah, yeah. anyway, <laughs> 34 years later, we're still together. Yeah. Mm. When you say travel media, what were you doing? I worked for uh, a publication called Travel Week, which was Australia's number one travel industry publication. And is that what you, is that what you wanted to do when you was... Growing up? Uh, no, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was really Still bad don't. at school. <laughs> I hated school. And I basically did most of my learning afterwards. I fell into a job at um, in television, t- Channel 9 and um, Radio 3AK, in marketing, in advertising. And then I went into advertising. And so I was with... Uh, the television, radio, and then I went into newspapers and ended up in the travel media <coughs> and got to travel everywhere. You're right there, Russell? Don't mind me. Okay. I mind. <laughs> you, you never cough. When we're out and about or we're going to do anything else or you're doing bark cast or anything, you never cough. It's only on this podcast you sit there and cough it's the whole the time. It's the vodka. It's the gin tonic. Oh, gin tonic. Oh, no, great. I have my own thing. I've some depressing gin and tonic, just what I need today. Um... <laughs> Have I brought the level down now? Good. Yeah. You met Tom. Mm-hmm. Had you thought of leaving Australia at the time or? No, my job actually took me out of Australia a lot. So I was always traveling around Southeast Asia, South Pacific, um, and a few other you destinations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, with the travel media, you know. Oh, I just, no, I, I just was... went, I was allowed to go, you know, and, and basically I flogged advertising. Okay. 
to prior to, the to g- hotels and um, all major hotels. You know, and I, I was young. I was attractive. You still, I still are. Still are. Long, I got there first. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Don't thank look at me and say that. I said it first. Oh, sorry, Jane. <laughs> um, yeah, I had long, dark hair and big... Careful, and, careful. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so I managed to sell a lot of advertising. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and then when Tom and I met, he'd always wanted to to work overseas. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well done. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. And um, so I said to him, "Okay, you get a job overseas, and we'll and at go. this point, you'd 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 got married. Um, this was we sort of when we were living together, okay, and right, then yeah. then we we did get married before we came away. But yeah. you were happy to travel. That you were happy if he got a job because he was a hotelier then. Yeah, but I was doing I was doing a lot more travelling than him. I was used to travelling. I was. But not home a lot. But but right. travelling and working in a different country are two different things. Oh, yeah, so no, I wanted to move. You were ready to move. Oh, I, I was always... What is it about Australia that you don't like? I love Australia. How long have you got? We've but, got um, <laughs> 40 minutes. No, I've been there, done that. You know, I mean, I, I still love Australia. Uh, I don't go back very often. Um, Tom never goes back. He hates going back. Uh, there's nothing in Sydney for us anymore. We don't have any friends there. Everybody kicked the bucket. Uh, <laughs> well, Keep have. it light, Sue. Yeah. 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 We, we seriously... Well, we know we do have a few friends there. Is there, okay, let's ask, is there one thing, if there's one thing you miss from Australia, be it food, nightlife, dancing, whatever it is, is there one thing that you, would, you, you miss? Friends. Fair enough. Yeah. I still have a lot of friends in Melbourne from my media days... Uh, we worked for a, a fabulous company and a lot of us worked there for a long, long time and we're still like a family. Um, so, yeah, I miss, I miss my friends. Okay. Uh, but, hey, that's life. Prior to the, the job in media, we, had you travelled outside of Australia prior to that? Like holidays or anything? Um, no, because when I started in the travel media, I was... 23 I think okay so I was still you know sort of quite young and I was married with a young child so I, I, my first husband I, I was married at hold, 21 hold, hold the phone we, we seem to have missed something along oh. the lines here yeah no I knew that Sue was married before I left it because I thought it wasn't something that we needed to talk about right okay <laughs> no fair enough <laughs> oh but my, my first marriage was great okay yeah. tell oh, us about yeah. your first marriage Sue I heard it was great I was married to a muso um and it was a musician oh thank you <laughs> you know a muso well no, no I, I didn't it does, it does now. Now. Um, <laughs> yeah. um but you know it was one of those things i fell in love at 18 it was when i was working in television and he was doing a show on television and i thought oh yes i'll have that and um so i did and I'll have uh, that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, the girlfriend of mine, we actually tossed coins. There were, there were... I'm so pleased the word coins was there. Yeah. Well, there, were, there were these guys in a band playing at a telethon, and we were working at this telethon. These were working loosely. we sort of both decided we liked a couple of the guys in the band, so we tossed a coin to see who would go after which guy. She got the other guy. I got my, my ex. Well, you know, he became my husband, and then we had our son, and then we decided our lives were really going in different directions. Um, <laughs> that is so. 
if a bloke had said that story, there was two right, fit yeah, birds, and we flipped right? a coin. Uh, Russ and I were at, look, yeah, yeah, right, no, hundred percent. Story again, ready? Yeah. Right, Sue. So, um, so I met my my wife. Yeah. Russ and I were at a nightclub one night. There was these two real otties, right? They were real. They were fine. Great boobs. Great asses. Everything. We tossed a coin. He so, got heads. He got the minger, and I got the hot one. That's disgusting, right? I'm yeah. shocked. <laughs> the shame. The shame. Oh, I love society. <laughs> Um, yes. So you and so, so where was Tom's first overseas placement? Koh Samui. Okay, so that was, an, and he'd never been to Thailand before? Oh, no, he'd been to Thailand many times. Oh, okay. I think oh, his first had. trip was in 1976. Bangla? Okay. No, oh, before 1976? Ba- before Bangla. Yeah. Before you. <laughs> yeah, I was just, just going to say, yeah. That was the year I was born, 76. <laughs> he was wow. here with his first wife. Okay. They came on holidays, and there really wasn't much in Phuket in those days. Um, he'd travelled quite a few times to to Thailand because um, he had friends who were hoteliers here and but uh, yeah he wanted to to move to Asia and I said okay find a job I only have two stipulations I'm not going anywhere I'm going to get shot at and there must be an airport um, so, so we ended Samui. up in Koh Samui yeah he, he was offered <laughs> does a, have an a airport. job there it does have an yeah, airport. It, and it did have an airport then when okay. we, which yeah. was, I think, how did you find because I've I, I've not visited Samui that much. I've been there a few times on and off for a couple of days, holiday and bits and pieces. How did you find it coming from Australia in the big city of selling advertising? Then you're all of a sudden in this... And what oh, year? Oh, no, I was still travelling, selling advertising. Right. Oh, yeah, I took so my job with me. Okay. Yeah. When I left Australia, my, my boss... Uh, well, When Tom and I got married, Tom had got the job and he headed off to... Uh, to Koh Samui and we thought we'll see how it goes you know will this work out or not so after a month or so Tom said yeah hey this is great so I resigned and my boss said uh, tough we're not discussing it and I went <laughs> okay I gave three months notice which I thought was pretty fair I had been there many years uh, after I think it was about six weeks I went to him and I said we need to talk about this he said, there's nothing to talk about. You've been with me longer than you've been with him and you'll get over it. <laughs> it took almost nine months before I could join Tom. Wow. Um, but by that stage, uh, my boss said, OK, well, you can take all of Southeast Asia with you uh, and a few other territories if you need to, and you can do it from there. You're always on a plane going somewhere anyway, so you're closer, you're in Asia anyway. So I did that, and I set up my own company, um, which was a shelf company. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I represented my publication in Australia and some other well-known publications from around the, the world. When you, uh, what year was this? Uh, that was... Um, 1998, I guess. Right, OK. Yeah. Cool. Or maybe a bit of... Uh, around, around about yeah, then. Yeah, Parkish. OK. Yeah. And how did you find the transition from... Well, I suppose it must have been easy if you travelled that easy. much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at one stage, Tom did say to me, uh, I just want to remind you that in the last 12 weeks, you've been here a week and a half or so. <laughs> yeah. It would be nice if you cut some of your travelling back. <laughs> And was Tom hotel manager? Yeah, GM. Okay. Yeah, he was a GM in Australia and, and he was. And Kosamui, you asked me about Kosamui. It was a little different than it is now. I mean, it's sleepy there enough now. There was nothing. But, uh, yeah. 
Oh, I see, I went there back 10 years ago and went, I'll never come back here, it's too busy. <laughs> wow. We hated it when we went back 10 years ago and, oh, my God, what have they done to Koh Samui? Right. But I must go back. And so from Samui, you then said, you mentioned Malaysia? Yeah, so KL. That, and I'm, I'm assuming that's just hotel yeah. roles. Yeah, And yeah. are you still doing your job there? Absolutely. Okay. I've, always, I've always worked. Good. Yeah, so um, we went from there. And because my job was not being based in one place, I was always travelling and... I could carry it with me. So Malaysia and then... Philippines. And out of Malaysia and Philippines, any particular top tips? Malaysia was fabulous back then. Um, I don't think it's so fabulous to live there these days, but Kuala Lumpur, we loved it. We had a, a great lifestyle there and it was um, quite a safe place, um, which it's not so safe now. Yeah. Uh, Philippines are hated. Uh, Tom did two stints in the Philippines, actually. Why did you hate it? Oh, it's, well, it's one of the most difficult places to get around. Um, And it's not safe. And it was really quite unsafe then. You always had a driver and um, you you couldn't plan things. If you decided, like, here, I could ring you in the morning and say, let's have lunch. And you Mm. say, yeah. You had to plan at least 24 hours before so your driver could work out how to get there and... Even if it was regular, the traffic's horrendous. Oh, is it tra- oh it's not, horrendous! It's not so much it's lawless; it's the traffic. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's 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 it's. Was it the fact there were so many people just playing musical instruments and bands in the road and you just couldn't get past them, <laughs> and all the chicken, the fried chicken stalls? That's my yeah. very racist Philippine jokes. <laughs> no, we'll it didn't work. Didn't, didn't work. Yeah. No, it, it's just it, it wasn't safe. I mean, if I went into a department store. Uh, and I wanted to get on an escalator. You first checked who was behind you and who was in front of you. Um, In those days, and I don't know now, but every shop, including McDonald's, everyone had an armed guard outside. Really? Yeah. Uh, If I came out of uh, the uh, department store or out of the the shopping centre, my driver would be waiting there physically to then walk me to the car. I've never heard this before. I've never, but then again, I've that, never really thought about the Philippines yeah, as, that's a, as how a place. It, it was, I don't know how it is is now, um, but yeah, it was. And how, how long were you there on each stint? Um, well, no, the, how long no, was Tom there? Because you were, you yeah, were off and about was, anyway. Yeah. It was, Tom was there, because the second time I went for a week and said no. And then oh, I went gosh. to Bangkok and launched the Big Chili magazine with, did you uh, Colin Hastings. That? Did you? Yeah, with Colin Hastings. I don't know oh, Colin wow. Hastings. Do I know Colin Hastings, Russell? I don't know the name. Colin's been around for years. He's English. Um, well, he's he an amazing was, guy then. Yeah, he was with... <laughs> yes. He was with Bangkok, <laughs> Bangkok Post. He was with um, Thailand, uh, Tatler, um, and a few other things. And then he actually launched Big Chili and then contacted me and said, where are you? I need you, get over here, I need you to run the advertising site. So Tom said, I think Colin needs you more than I do, you better go to Colin. And what was Big Chili? It was just an expat magazine. It's still going now. It's actually one of the few surviving magazines. And yeah, it's an expat um, lifestyle magazine uh, based in Bangkok and mainly news on Bangkok, um, Pattaya a bit and things, but it's always just hung in. So did you base yourself in Bangkok at that point? I based myself in Bangkok, but we had a house down here, so I used to come down some weekends, but most of the time I was in Bangkok. And how long was Tom in the Philippines at this stage? The second stage, he was there for about a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, you said you had a house in Phuket? 
yeah, rented a house down here because when he took the second job, we decided to keep the house because okay. we, we liked Phuket. We were, oh, the, yeah. so, so when where was the Phuket stint between? Okay, after the, um, so you've the gone Philippines. The then first we, stint in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, then we went to Phuket and then we rented a house and thought, yeah, we're going to chill here. And, and then he was offered this job back in the Philippines, the second job running um, two condo hotels for Century. Okay. And when you got to Phuket, what mm. was it about Phuket that you went, yeah? yeah. Well, we went to Bali first and went, <laughs> yuck. Uh, we'd always hated Bali anyway, oh. and I still hate Bali. Um, and we spent, I think, about a month in Bali and went, no, no, let's go to Phuket. Uh, we'd both been here before. Yeah. So we came here and went, yeah, okay, let's chill for a while. Let's retire. <laughs> And oh. play golf and do those things. So I was just going to say, at that particular stage in your lives, were you specifically looking for a base, somewhere to hunker down a little bit? Yeah, or? we sort of thought, this, and this will be the place, maybe, you know. Yeah. And then, of course... Can I ask, why? What is it... You, you, you say this will be the place you feel you're comfortable with, but what, what was it about Phuket that made you go, yes? Um, I don't know. I suppose it was, look, the weather, the lifestyle. And in those days, there was still a lot missing. I mean, I remember when Tesco Lotus opened, the first Tesco <laughs> Lotus, the big one. I mean, man, we were all so excited on the island. There was somewhere you could actually buy food other than Sin and Lee in, in Phuket <laughs> town. Uh, so, but the beaches, I mean, we're, we're both um, beach people. I mean, Tom's always been a crazy water person. Uh, the lifestyle, the weather, everything. And we thought, we'll hang out here for a while. We didn't think we'd hang out this long. <laughs> and where were you renting at the time? In the Naihan area. Okay. Yeah. We've always been down that end and we're still in, we're in Rawai. Oh, wow. Southerners. Vegans. <laughs> yeah, I can't, well, they call them the hippies down there. Yeah. That's been polite. Yes, yes. Moving on a bit, but have you noticed the difference between when you first came here with the people that were living in Rawai and now the new generation that are living there? Because even my 15 years here mm. when I first got here we felt that there was a more of an older generation living in Rawai still is but, but now <laughs> there's more oh there's the, a lot of young the, people the hippies do, and we use the word hippies or the I don't know what the well, we have right to be careful I, I don't have to be careful the vegans and the vegetarians and they're kind of basically all the people that you hate I don't hate yeah yeah you do well, it's, I mean, it, it's, it is the fitness end of the island. There's more wellness centres down there. There's, yes, there's lots of um, healthy food and all of that, but there's, there's everything else as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's cheaper down there too, food-wise. You, you go up to the mm. north end of the island, which is the snobs end of the island. It's, it's bizarre. I mean, I mean I, where Russell's <coughs> business yeah, is and where no, he lives. Yeah, 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 yeah 100%. In the Laguna area. Well, that's right. Well, yeah. because he needs to have his business there because he needs to have all those wealthy people um, bring yeah. their dogs to him. If he no, comes 100%. down to Rawai, he's not going to make Good. any money not down right there. Chance. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I live on it's, the East Coast. I'm screwed either it's, way. Absolutely. <laughs> it is quite... Puka, I joke, it, it, it's like Korea. There's a north and a south. Yeah. Central's your DMZ and the two sides don't mix. No. Right? It's just you occasionally venture north, you occasionally venture south, maybe have coffee at the DMZ. I mean, I go all over the place because that's just me. Yeah. I've always had to go drive all over the place. To get Tom north of the Chalong Circle is not easy. Getting me <laughs> south of the Chalong Circle ain't easy. <laughs> uh, 
Yamu's nice. That's all I'm saying. I yeah, like the, I like the East Coast. Yeah, we, mm, yeah. Okay. No, I do. I like because there's, there's no one fucking well, out there. Well, well, my husband Tom Tom actually ran um, KPR Moo at one stage. Oh, oh really? Yeah. I don't live. Yeah, I say Yamu. I don't live in. I, I live down yeah. the road that takes you to Yamu. I, yeah. If I say Yamu, it makes me feel a lot better. Yes. <laughs> Wishful thinking. Yeah, a little bit. That too. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to you. So, when was the 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 move to permanently say, do you know what? Yeah, we're going to live in Phuket, and that's it. I, I don't. I don't think we ever had that thought. We were, I guess, when we bought a house, we rented the same house for, I think, six years, and then we had, we'd never had problems with the landlord, and then we had those, you know, usual all of a sudden problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, at at that stage, the Australian dollar was doing wonderful things, and so we said, why don't we buy a house? It just it just all happened. There was, wasn't like okay, we we're going to spend the rest of our lives here. We thought, oh, okay, we'll buy a house, and it was it was the perfect time. And was Tom still working at yeah. the hotel? So you, yeah, in Phuket. In Phuket, he okay. was working in Phuket by then. Right. So let's move forward. So when did the whole had enough of hotels? Let's open restaurants happen. Oh no, well, because I. Don't get it wrong. I don't own the restaurant. I don't own Binary and Power. I just work there. Okay. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Well, this is why I'd like to have you here. Ah, okay. Tell me, okay, well, so, tell me about the Bamrin Pub. Well, I was, how, what, how yeah. did I get there? Well, no, how did you finish with the advertising? Uh, Assuming you have, because... <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, we decided... Tom came back to, to Phuket, and I was, you know, sort of going backwards and forwards between Bangkok and Phuket and Bangkok and Phuket every week, <laughs> and I decided that just wasn't you know, working so well, puts, puts a lot of stress, stress on a marriage. So uh, I came back and decided I'll retire again, you know, um, and I'm going to play golf with Tom and all of that. So we started all playing golf. And Tom McNamara, who was the owner of Barner and Power, um, asked me to come and see him because Bruce Stanley, who I think you yeah. both know, Bruce had said, you need someone like her to sort out your advertising and your marketing because you don't know what you're doing. Um, so, Sorry, I need yeah. to... So Tom McNamara, mm-hmm. it's a great name. I like that name. That's a famous person's name. He's Tom McNamara. Sounds good. I like him. And you almost got it right the second time. Uh, Did I? McNamara. Almost. Whatever. Okay. Tommy, as I call him. Tommy Mac. No, yeah. you can't do that because Tommy was our piano player. He's a pianist. We had a we had a pianist at our <laughs> right. restaurant. Yes. We've got a couple of pianists in here. Um, <laughs> hold on. So Tommy, okay, Tom look, Mac, yep. as I'm going to call him, he was the owner. founder and owner of Bamrin Park, which was at that time just one? Yes. So what happened was Tom had restaurants in um, New York, uh, West Indies, the Bahamas. He'd moved around oh. a lot. He was uh, Irish-American. And uh, quite an interesting character. Uh, he came to Phuket, decided he was going to retire here, and uh, he wanted to catch a black marlin. They were, he was told that there were no black marlins left in the waters of Phuket. It's a bit racist, so, that, Yeah, I know. The <clears throat> next week he caught a black marlin in Phuket, and uh, he rented a house which was where the original Ban Rinpa was. And everyone, yeah, you just out of Patong. That was the, that I'm was just the trying original. to work it out. Yeah. Uh, just out of Patong. So I'm driving from where the Dolphin Roundabout yes. is now. 
and it's just on the left. Absolutely. That yeah. was the first one, or did that? That's the first that's one. The first that one. was okay. the original, and it was a house. Right. Which, and then his friends, he kept having dinner parties, and people said to him, "Why don't you open a restaurant?" So Tom was, as I said, he was a character. He'd been living at the Oriental in Bangkok for six months. <laughs> And he managed to convince Kurt Vakvital, who was the GM. Hold on, hold on. Repeat that. <laughs> Kurt Vakvital. Yeah. Okay. Um, to Kurt, Kurt, Kurt E. V. As Kurt, I call him. Kurt, my man Kurt. Right. To loan him for six months the chef, the Thai chef from the Oriental, to come down and train staff in royal Thai cuisine. Okay. As you do. And that's how it started. So Ban Rinpa was really the first high-end restaurant um, in Phuket. Yeah. When, uh, did it, when did it open? 1989. Wow. And then um, it grew from a 30-seat restaurant to a 220-seat restaurant. Uh, he took over the houses next door. He moved yep. into those. And then he uh, decided he wanted a Japanese restaurant because there weren't any Japanese restaurants in Phuket. So he flew chefs over from Japan and he used to fly the, the food over, the, the fish over from Japan. And he started a restaurant next door called Ottawa. He then had the house. Now, hold on. Sorry yes. to interrupt. But if I'm going to open a Japanese restaurant, mm. I'm not going to call it after Something a Canadian, Canadian city. <laughs> so how does that no, work? No, no, it's Ottawa. Which is Japanese, not as in your Canadian Ottawa. Or as in the furry animal? No. Okay, good. Ottawa? That's an otter. All oh, right, okay. Ottawa? Ottawa? So hang on, then okay, he opened the Italian. Um, he had a mad Italian friend called Maurizio Loreri. Is there any other kind? Well, and the two of them together really were like, um, yeah... Fire and fuel, mm-hmm. and uh, but Maurizio, they opened the Italian restaurant. <clears throat> they both were what you would call, and and I know some people out there will know them both, so they will agree with me. They were both loud loudmouth drunks, <laughs> and um, there's a few of those in yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. and they're both now no longer with us. Um, but you know, I. After a while, I decided, I said to Tom Mack, yes, I'll come and work for you, but I'm working for you for a maximum of three months. And what I year d- was this? Ah, uh, well, it's 2022, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, 2000. Okay. June 2000. So 22 years later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, 2001, I think, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes it all right then. And that was purely <laughs> just to do marketing, marketing It was to sort out his advertising and marketing. Now, just for Banner and Par, or originally Banner and Par, and then I said, "Well, you've got these other two restaurants, and they're a mess as well." Might as well, yeah. I mean, he he had no idea what he was doing as far as spending money. He would buy advertising in anything, mm. and he would pay full price. Scattergun. Which then up upset people. Who his best mates were John McGee from the Phuket <laughs> Gazette, and if you're listening, John. Uh, this is going to bring back memories. Yeah. Um, Sit down if I were you, John. Oh, John knows. John didn't really like me for a long time. I think we'd get on fine. But I went back and said, well, we're not paying those prices anymore and I'm cutting back the advertising. And John got very upset, uh, especially as, as he was best mates with Tom. And um, also John Everingham from the Phuket magazine, yeah. who I did the same with. And uh, he called me a 
um, he wrote an email to Tom Mack and said that I was a rude, aggressive, self-aggrandizing monster. Um, right, okay. I'd, I'd reply back saying... What? what? Uh? Otter well, what? <laughs> I, was, I was actually... I was quite upset at Sorry, the time. Sorry, what was the word he used? Rude, aggressive, no, self-aggrandizing. That, that's the word. Isn't that, isn't that a, a, a mineral that you go and get out of the ground? <laughs> What's ag- Self-aggrandizing means you really think you're fantastic and, and the greatest. But Sue, but you, know what, you are. Do you know what my husband said? You've been sleeping with him. <laughs> well, look, we have, to, we have to ask the hard questions here. Did you? <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, <laughs> so anyway, um, look, to, to cut it all down, I've been there over 20 years and all I can say is I must be really bad at my job because I still haven't sorted out the advertising and the marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> so uh, the, the, the three restaurants are still around and still mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. now. So what's been going on there? Um, after Tom died, he left the, uh, the restaurants to his uh, Thai wife, American son, English daughter, and his business partner, who was the general manager, who is, is Thai, um, Kundas. And... Um, because they didn't own the land where those three restaurants were. The owner had passed away and the kids took over, the kids wanted more money, the kids mm. got greedy. So Kundas and um, Tom's wife bought the land where the new, what we call new, which is now seven years old, Barn Rampar is, and built a whole new building. So where's that one? I'm so confused. That's um, 1.9 kilometres further up the road. Yeah. So if you drive past the old Van Rampala, yeah. which is now gone, yeah. and uh, you just go up a bit further and it's on the left. So you drive through Kalim, mm-hmm. past Aqua, yep. and it's on the left-hand side, okay. opposite Kalima Resort and Spa. Got up you. on the hill. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. I know where you're at. So, and okay. it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, so we closed down the other restaurants just as COVID hit. Because of COVID or? We were closing them down. Anyway. Right. Yes. Okay. And the plan was. So it was Joe's downstairs. And Maurizio's. And Maurizio's, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we decided we weren't going to do another Maurizio's because there's just so many Italian restaurants mm-hmm. uh, on the island. But uh, where the new one is, I mean, it, it, it's absolutely beautiful and it's over split levels. And, uh, but we also have built underneath, we have a restaurant ready to go. Ooh. Ooh, and breaking news. When when things improve, mm-hmm. because like everybody else during COVID, I mean, we stayed open the whole time. Uh, my my boss, who is Thai, uh, we got on fantastically. I mean, you don't work with someone for more than twenty years yeah. unless you get on really, really well. That's why Jay and I still do this podcast. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so we do have plans for opening another restaurant below, which will be a funky, more modern, I guess, Joe's style yeah, restaurant. Okay. So yeah. the, the new Banner Empire, have you, have you maintained the same style and ethos of what the original was? Absolutely, cool. 100%. Okay. It, if you walk in, we've had people come in and say, I sat in that table 10 years ago. Right, yeah. Now, the new one, it is different in design, but it has the same beautiful bar, mm-hmm. Um, we have the big grand piano, uh, so we have the, but it's, 
every table has a view and then we have another whole area underneath that um, can be for private parties or when we're busy we open it up. I think, uh, sorry Russell, I yeah. think I've only ever been to Joe's downstairs and I think I went for my first date with my first ever Thai girlfriend God, at Joe's downstairs. Mm-hmm. Because okay. it was like, I thought it was a posh place, so I thought I'd go there. <coughs> well, yeah, I mean... Well, we better do lunch, guys, I think. We, I think so, I think yeah. we should do lunch one day, so that at least both of you can come and see the I've place. not been to the new one, so, but I mean, but I'll, my, my question about how... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy, you're I getting, mean, getting spanked now. You're getting evil looks. <laughs> you should be so lucky. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not for want of trying. Um. <laughs> hey, Russ. Hey, Jay. Lambert Brothers insurance broker Thailand has been operating in Phuket since 2009. That's incredible on, for two reasons. One is it's a lot of years and two, I had no idea you were going to come out with that. Well, you probably don't know that they have a full team of qualified professional insurance staff providing focused client service of an international standard. Thunderbirds would be proud. They certainly would. Um, as far as I know, they uh, serve corporate and individual clients alike. And we're talking top quality top advice. Top quality. Top quality advice. The top quality advice they provide, right. Well, that allows for a trouble-free risk transfer, if you ask me. They also analyze risk, Russ. Do they? Yes. And they discuss risk management solutions. And they provide insurance alternatives to allow clients to select the most appropriate methods of protection. On an insurance basis. Absolutely. Uh, and that's, again, uh, Lambert Brothers Insurance offer commercial and personal insurance in a variety of disciplines. See if you can guess what they are. Uh, well, property's got to be Ding. one. Wait, look at that. I would say if we're talking property, there's got to be some element of construction. Ding. Oh, look at that. Obviously, you and I are talking about this, so there's got to be some personal insurance cover. Ding. Getting good at this. So we're talking like medical health. Ding. What about travel? Ding! What about car insurance? Ding! And as you know, I've just bought a new boat, so do they cover my boat for me? Ding! Check it out! And you know one that's not on the list <laughs> that you're reading from? No, you're not reading from the one that's not on the list. What's that? Is the Thailand Pass insurance. They also do insurance now if you want to come to Thailand. Ooh, that's fantastic. right. Excellent. And. Oh, there's more. There is more, Russ. These, these guys are. These guys are what? Awesome? No, these guys at, that's when you come in and... Oh, Lambert Brothers Insurance Brokers. Um, They even do event insurance and... Have you brought a plane recently? Not recently. Well, when you do, they'll cover you. They'll cover it for me. Absolutely. Lambert Brothers Insurance staff have access to all major insurance providers, which allows them to offer competitive insurance quotations for the majority of risk exposures. Mmm, exposure. And as a broker, they will work very closely with the insurance companies. That's right. So they're not tied. No, no. There's as no, an agent. There's no knots at all. No knots at all. No. And neither do they offer just a single insurer. So there's always going to be a comparison for A it. comparison. A comparison that so we can always discuss and So it's good to have two options. Always good to have options. Apples or oranges. Lambert Brothers Insurance strive for a happy and satisfied client at all times and try to ensure claims are not stressful. Not as stressful as the editing you're going to have to do on this particular ad because you missed out. The insurance policies are at their most valuable when a claim occurs. And should an accident or a loss happen, the Lambert Brothers insurance staff will be working super closely with you. And I mean close. Very close. Very close. To resolve the problems and achieve 
a satisfactory claim result. I'm not entirely sure I'm keen on the word satisfactory. I'd rather it be achieve an amazing claim result. Well, just achieve wait, just an that. awesome claim result. I'll achieve the best possible claim result. Okay. Like when I got my school reports and they said it was satisfactory, I got in trouble for that. Oh, well done for you getting satisfactory. Let me tell you about my well, school Well done for reports. me going to school. <laughs> um, do you know what, Russell, though? Lambert Brothers Insurance Brokers also develop long-lasting relationships with their clients, large or small, by achieving a smooth transition, like the Colonel's head, a smooth transition from risk exposure to insurance solutions. And is what... Lambert Brothers Insurance Brokers do, do, do. Do, do, you said do, do. Where do they go, Russ? Well, I would suggest the first port of call for any sort of tech-savvy person would be their website. Which is? All the W's, lambertbrothers.co.th. That's lambertbrothers.co.th. Or you could just search Lambert Brothers Insurance Brokers on the old Google box. I've got a question for you, Jay. Yep. When you think insurance, what do you think? Lambert Brothers Insurance Brokers. Do you think we nailed it that time? I think we smashed it out of the park. You was going to swear oh, then, really wasn't you? was, yes. Don't swear, because I was going to leave this bit in. If you swear, I have to take it out. Should we get back to the podcast? I think we should. How have you found um, the market shift in Phuket? Like, for, Okay, I came in 2005, and Banrinpah was established it was like and everyone knew that that was the place mm. to kind of go that was your your upper echelon of wow um i can't remember when joe's came on board but equally that was i mean richards was always there that came on board um after the tsunami we redid uh, ottawa because it was yeah badly damaged then we decided we just didn't uh we didn't have the feeling for ottawa um it was it was black in colour and it was just after the tsunami it just didn't feel right so what did we do we stripped it out and we Made built white. a white restaurant <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, changed the whole uh, concept and that worked really well yeah, yeah. no I like Joe's that was cool yeah. but again they were still those were like the like your high ends yeah I'm saying almost niche there, there was, of... yeah there, there was nothing else really you know yeah I mean, Tom, Tom Mack was a pretty smart guy and yeah. he got in early and, and uh, had these restaurants that um, all did, did really well. And the markets, the markets always change. Yes. And what I've always been very careful about with marketing is that you never throw yourself totally into one new market. Um, because of my career in, in the travel industry and in the travel media, I remember when the Japanese first started to travel en masse and they used to, they would go into hotels or into restaurants and they all ate exactly the same thing. And people in the industry threw, threw themselves into, we've got to get the Japanese market. Mm. And if you look over the years here when we've had things, we've had the Japanese, we've had the Koreans, we've had the Chinese, we've had the Russians, we had the first wave of mm -hmm. Russians. And what happened? So many restaurants went, I've got to have that market. They grabbed the whole market and they lost the market that they already had. Which, yeah. And a lot of it was local market and things because people didn't want to be in a restaurant that was 90% full of one market. I've always said to, to my boss, we must always be careful. Don't go after just the one market. If it's, if it's 
doesn't matter whether it's Russians or... Uh, was that you, Russell? No, that was Brie, actually. Yeah. That was Brie, okay. <laughs> um, uh, whether it's Russians or at the moment, like, we have a lot of Indians, we have a mm-hmm. lot of people from the Middle East and things. But you have to be careful because those markets disappear. Yeah. As fast as they come, they disappear. And I've seen restaurants in Phuket go broke because they have always they've reached out and they've done all of their menus in whatever, whatever the new yeah. language that's come along and they'll have children running, screaming through their restaurants because that's what these people let their kids do. Uh, you do that and then when that mar- market's gone, which has happened with the Chinese market, with the, the young wealthy Russian market mm-hmm. that came in the beginning, um, you're left with nothing. Yeah, It's really true. It's the same <clears throat> yeah. for the hotels because when I was working... Yeah. At the village coconut island it was when the the korean honeymooners there was a ma- everyone was korean honeymooners yep. that were coming planes 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 of korean honeymooners they made a big decision right we're gonna go for that market we're gonna cut off all the big villas we're gonna make them individual rooms that we're gonna build these these one bedroom apartments just for them yeah right. you know, yeah yeah a year later that died. market died yeah. you know and, and they're gone and then the honeymooners are going to the next place and it was the same like you said for the russian the first phase of russians when the Chinese market, right, we're just going to do buffets and we're going to do everything's going to be in Chinese. And and have a look how many hotels have been built on this island for the Chinese market and yeah. who are now, that are all sitting there empty. Yeah, Now, the dust. Chinese market will come back. Mm-hmm. It might, it'll be different when it comes back. But you just, it, it amazes me, all of these huge businesses, conglomerates, that go ahead and do that and, and just don't see that something could collapse. I mean, okay, none of us ever thought there was going to be a pandemic yeah. and things, but <clears throat> the Chinese market stopped coming here before that, mm. when we started mm. tipping boats over with people and making political comments that shouldn't have been made. Yeah. And that. You can't do those sort of things. Mm. So, I mean, that's my the, the way i've always marketed things. and also a you're right you can't just keep chasing the next market and seeing who's coming in because you, you lose your identity you lose what you are yeah and you you're you're kind of in a bit of a, a no man's land but going back to banner empire you've always maintained that highest standard that high that brand if you like mm. that was what i was looking for earlier. that brand has always maintained and still keeps itself as yeah i mean we're, we're in the higher point. end of the market yeah and um People will come and say, oh, you know, you're too expensive. Uh, okay, that's fine. That's the end of the market that we're at. We're yeah. in the high end of the market. We deal with the hotels. The hotels send us people, um, the uh, tour operators, the wholesalers, they send us people because there are a lot mm-hmm. of people who want that high end yeah. of the market. We don't do um, low end no, I don't want... Hence why Russ and I have never been Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> um, but you will be because I'm going to take you by the hands and I'm going to take you to lunch one day. I was going to thought we were going to sing the song, Take You By The Hand, uh, Streets Careful. of London. There you go. Uh, I love that song. I like I do really, too. It's, it's, take it's you a, by a the sad hand song, but it's a great song. Is Gordon yeah. Lightfoot? Yeah. Sorry? Gordon Lightfoot? No. Mark Lightfoot? No, he's... No, no he's, Gordon. In, he's, in, he's, in, <laughs> he's in the snows now. Yeah. Montenegro or somewhere. Charity work. I think that's... Moving on. Yeah, <laughs> in my spare time. In your spare time, but I think that's where you and I probably first met was in the the whole charity yeah. get up. Now, whether that be at one of Russell's pause events or one of the 
the Mabels back in the day when they used to be huge. Mm. What was it that got you into the charity stuff? Oh, that's, that's easy. Um, after the tsunami, uh, because it, it hit where our restaurants were. We were very lucky. Barn Rimpa got minor damage in one corner. Um, Ottawa uh, lost, we lost about 50% of Ottawa and we lost all of Don Maurizio. Um, it just was mm. gone. This local school, the Kalim School, which back in those days was a little thatched school, uh, was gone. And uh, my boss, we'd, Tom Mack, uh, had always, every day, sent food to the school. We used to look after them because it was a very low-end school. When the school was rebuilt with a lot of money and a, a lot of big brick building and all, all fancy and everything, the one thing we found out was that there was no English being taught at the school and there was no budget for English to be taught at the school. So uh, Tom said, let's start a charity and with all my friends and get them to put money in and uh, we'll call it Phuket has been good to us because it's been good to us, it's time we mm. put money back in. And that's how it started. I didn't know that. I mm. honestly didn't know that. Yeah. And it started just with the Kalim School and then the Kamala School came to us and said, we want you to do what you're doing for Kalim because they also were totally destroyed during the tsunami. And we said, well, um, you know, we do it all for free and we pay our teacher and we only had one teacher at the time. And they said, well, okay, well, we want it. So <laughs> we then had to raise more money and more money and, and that's, uh, that's what we do. We teach English for free uh, in the Kamala School. Uh, there's now there's about 700 kids there. We don't teach to all of them, obviously. We, we teach the primary um, Pratim kids. Is it more difficult now, and I think we've asked this question mm. before about charities, is it more difficult now to raise money for charity because of the, the amount of charities that there are in Phuket now? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, there's a lot of people doing a lot of good things and then there's always a lot of people who are doing things. Uh, and a lot of people overdoing things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that there's a lot of people out there with really good intentions um, and that are structured, um, but there's a lot that aren't and that... Yeah, I think there's, there's a bit too much of it. However, there are what should have cleared up and, and really should be a lot better is has got worse. I mean, we had, when we first took over, um, there was 120 kids lived in the, 124, I think, lived in the dormitory at the um, Camilla School. Now, these are kids who are orphans or their parents can't take care of them. So would you go, okay, well... That's a long time ago. These kids have all grown up mm. now and gone. This is true. However, we have over 200 kids now live in that dormitory because there are more and more mm. kids that for some reason uh, can't be taken care of. Now, that's run by the government. We don't run it, but we run an after-school and weekend program for those kids because they have nowhere is to Is that go. the Coco Coconut Club? Club. Coconut Club, yeah. yeah. So what does that, that just does after school activities and yeah we do and and the kids are allowed to come if they're part of that dormitory and sometimes we've we've just had our first uh, one started on Monday so because of COVID and yeah. everything and because we've now got this new computer lab which was donated to us 
um, which was a group of ban- brand new um, computers, uh, Five Star Marine, um, you know, uh, Living Waters Phuket cool. organised it. Oh, nice. And we've had to have a cabinet, they've all got to be locked away, and, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, these yeah. are all laptops. But now these kids are uh, being taught how to do different things mm. on computers. So they're going to get computer skills, which they would not have got because the school doesn't have that sort of thing. We teach English, um, we teach English language, we teach science and maths in English as well. And this is to all these, these young kids, which is great. What sort of age ranges? Uh, these are from um, six, I think, um, up to 12 or 13. Okay. Primary school, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, we we did uh, have some classes in Matium, uh, but we had to stop that because of lack of funding. Right. You know, we we have to pay for our teachers who don't get paid like they do it. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. Expensive <laughs> Let's not go schools. there. Yeah. Uh, but we have to have work permits and yeah. visas. I, I just want to point out my international school has just put its prices up this year by four point six percent. Just throwing it out there. Not happy. I mean, one, yes. just round it up to five. I, I agree. 4.6 is I know, seven. I know. That's what would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Keep a nice easy number for you. I mean, it's ridiculous. When we you know, were talking earlier about when we first came to Phuket and the quality of education and the medical quality and all of that was fantastic mm. and it was affordable. That, that's the key I point. I am so glad I don't have kids. Oh. You know, yeah. I mean... I don't know how you do it because... Uh, help. I have help. Yeah. And that's the only way that I could... And I'll be honest with you, my, my mm. parents are taking my inheritance and they're using that right now to help pay for my ch- ch- child's... Child? Mm. Children. Children, thank you. <laughs> to go to school. <laughs> they, should have yeah. paid, they should have paid <laughs> yeah. more money for me, to be fair. Absolutely. That, that would have been nicer. Um, you know, but they, no, they do help me out. But yeah, I mean, the, the cost of schooling, I mean, I was going to leave in July, leave Phuket completely because one of the reasons was the cost of schooling. Mm. I mean, it is crazy. And for the, and look, my school that my kids go to is a great school and don't get me wrong, it's lovely. But is it any better than a school in the UK that I wouldn't have to pay for? Mm. I, I would say no. I'd agree. You know, maybe if I went to a, a more expensive school, but even them, I'm not sure you get anything you know, different from what you'd get in the UK if I put my kids at Appleton down in South End. Yeah. No, it, it's absolutely outrageous, the, the cost. And the fact that they put the prices up year on year and you don't see any value from what they're bringing in, and, and that, that frustrates me. Anyway, let's not go on that path. Um, so you, you are a super, super amazing lady. You've been through... Gorgeous too. Yes. You have been through a hell of a lot. How's your health now? Yeah, it's, a, it's good. It's fine. I'm Back alive. and fighting fit. You know, it's it's. Um, I, I feel fantastic. Um, I um, I don't really have an immune system that works by itself, but uh, I <laughs> details. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I feel I feel, feel absolutely exactly. I, mean, I was really <laughs> pleased when I came in. You gave me that triple vodka. It's the drip that, that I worry uh, about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I I feel so. There's nothing wrong with me, um, and I do everything I exercise the same as I always have um yeah because I hadn't seen you for for a long time in the last couple of weeks Mm. we keep bumping into each other which has been lovely and it's been really good to see you um Russell yes do you want to ask Sue something Russell came to see me when I was in hospital I did oh that's why people like you more than they like me (laughs) because I won't get out of my house and go to see people that's 
possibly true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Mm. I'd come to see you in hospital, mate. I mean, it might be me that put you there, but that's well, what I'm doing. Well, I wouldn't be in hospital <laughs> unless I had some good insurance. About that. <laughs> that's a good segue, that. I like, I like how we did that. That was, that was very well done. Um, do you believe that the earth is flat? Do I? Um, Take your time. You never think about this if you um, like. No, I, I, I think I believe it's round. Sure? Yes. Oh, okay. We'll find one one day, Jay. Don't look at me like that. No, I, I, I do believe it's round, yes. With a few little bumps in it here and there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a couple in this office. Mm. Anyway. What um, else would you like? <laughs> what other insane question would you like to ask me? Do you believe that it, the earth is flat? Do you? No, I don't. I'm not the person that this is for. Okay. I was laughing at Russell's bump jokes, and now I'm directly looking at his penis, and I, I shouldn't be looking at his penis when he's saying there's a couple of bumps in here. And I'm thinking, is it really? <laughs> the way and then I'd look down at Brie and her testicle. His. 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 Yeah. Damn it. Call the dog a different name. I didn't call him that name. Change and, his and, name. And, you know, people well, probably to, need to know that Brie is in here with us and Bree is a dog Bree's the only He's one that's behaving absolutely gorgeous well he did make a noise before though didn't he that was... oh, he, that's, I, he, he can just I just point out purrs. Bree is Russell's dog and he is lovely and we've been on walks and I love Bree to death but now, the staff here we record this at the Blue Tree Business Hub thank you very much Blue Tree for the Business Hub even though I pay for it yeah, when why are you thanking we le- them? Huh? Why are you thanking I, I them when you pay for thanking them. I do pay for it. When we left last week, all the girls out oh, look, Bree's so lovely, giving him hugs and giving him kisses and stuff. I bring Maximus, my dog here the other day. <laughs> None of them want anything to do with him and run away. And I said, what's wrong with Maximus? Oh, he's a big dog, he's scary. Where's oh, I like, I like big dogs. Mind you, I have... And I cannot um, lie. I have a toy poodle... Uh, that was, was sort of... You can't talk about Tom we, like that. <laughs> that we... we <laughs> sort of adopted and then we recently adopted another dog uh which is a 14 year old shih tzu with one eye missing the other eye's blind and can't hear he what sorry <laughs> what hey <laughs> eh? i'm glad all three of us yeah, yeah, yeah. but we're we're big dog people i mean yes. you know and i yeah. mean we had a german shepherd and we had a doberman for 15 years i love and, dobermans oh, she I, was ever so since gorgeous. i watched magnum pi and there was zeus and Apollo, <laughs> the two doberman guard dogs i yeah. always wanted dobermans and i wanted what's called they one zeus are and one gorgeous they are but now we've animals. ended up with these two little 14, 14 year old dogs small yeah. furry things mind you baxter the poodle is he goes walks with me still up and down over the hills and excellent it is amazing you what were we talking about <laughs> what were we talking about oh well, you're going to ask your last question oh, because uh, but, 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 but before you get on to that um just with the charity side of things yes what's the the future for phuket has been good to us I hope that it will continue and that it'll grow, um, but that all depends on funding and, ra- and raising money because, uh, and it's an ongoing job. I mean, sometimes people say, "Oh, you, you've, you know, you've raised so much money, you must be a wealthy charity." Yeah, right. It comes in one it's, door it's, and literally flies out, out the other door. I mean, Tina, who everyone knows, Tina Hall. I mean, she's an yeah. absolute gem, and she's worked with us now for I think eleven years, um, and. Uh, Tina and I are often sitting there with our heads in our hands going, oh my God, what, how are we going to get through? We have to budget for a year. We look at our figures, we sit there and we scratch our head thinking, what are we going to do to raise money to, to get us through this? How do, you, um, how do you cope? And I talked to Tina on last Friday when we was at the Australian Chamber of Commerce yep. Drinky Poos thing, which was very lovely. Lots of Australians there. 
They were, they were, I was there, yes. You, you were lovely. You were one of the people I did talk to. But I was talking, <laughs> to, I was talking to Tina about it, and, and I asked her this question, I think. It was like, you know, the stress levels and how do you sleep at night? Because oh. I, look, I, I worry about my two kids and if I've got enough money to, you know, and luckily I'm in a position where I'm, I'm relatively successful. I, I make myself sound really good then. I'm really successful, you know, and I've got money coming through. Flying, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But, you know, th- there's been times and, and that I haven't had that money coming in, and especially during my divorce, I didn't have that much money. I'd, and I would get stressed out and worried. But this is an ongoing thing for you and Tina. It's an ongoing thing, and, and there are many sleepless nights. And it's not just the raising the money. I mean... Uh, they keep changing the goalposts as far as uh, the work permits and visas and and, and things and especially over uh, the last couple of years and it's a nightmare and yes we have many 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 sleepless nights and we'll talk the night before or the day before and the next thing we're on the phone again the next day and we're trying to work out really uh, why we're doing it Uh, but when you when you see the kids and you see what they're achieving and how well they've done with the um, the programs and everything, you, you think, well, we just have to keep going. No, it's interesting yeah. because I mean, I used to DJ a lot, um, and I was a very successful and amazing DJ. I'd like to add, but for a lot of the cha- <laughs> but for with a lot no of the charity ego. events, and you know, so I would be there at the charity events, and yep. Russ would be either MC yeah. and. and <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> yes, you, you've always supported us. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I did more. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, we would go there and it was fun to DJ and it was fun to wear a silly yellow hat that one person brought me from one of the stupid horse racing nights, whatever it was. You came as a jockey. I, I didn't want to dress as a jockey. I was forced to dress as a jockey. Not and by if, me. If I'd got close to any fire, I would have erupted and burnt to death because that stuff was not fire resistant. <laughs> but my... I don't know where my point's going now. I completely <laughs> lost track. We don't either. But, you know, you have to keep going. You have to keep putting this money. You, ha- you, you have to go to all the events. You have to go out there. Mm. You know, you and Tina are everywhere. There must be a point where you just, you just go, Joe, what? I'm, and excuse my French, fuck this. I'm done. I'm tired. Well, Tina does more than I do these days. I mean, since I got sick, um, I mean, I have to be careful. So... I really don't do as many of the... I do our events, but I don't do as many of the other events. Um, I have certainly haven't started going to the big events that are in closed-in areas. As I said, I have an immune system problem, so I have to uh, be pretty careful of what, what I do. But Tina is... She's everywhere. 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 She, she's a gem. Just following on from your point about the future of, of the organisation as, as a whole... I mean, for the most part, if we're talking about funding is obviously for any charity, that's your your key thing, right? But in terms of the structure behind it, where, what's the next phase? I mean, for anyone that knows Puka, it's been good to us. I think if you to think of Tina, Mm. but there's, there's obviously more to it than that. But what's the next sort of step in terms of building that, the the back of house, if you like, to, to ensure that this keeps going, to ensure that there's people as dedicated as you guys are that keep yeah. this going? Um, I wish I had an answer for that, and I really don't, Russell. Okay. It's, it is such a tough, almost day-to-day job that we, we look at, and sometimes we say, how much longer can we go on? I mean, we're now budgeted through until uh, next April mm-hmm. because we work April, tra- and, and I look at the figures and I go, 
Tina sits down with me and we, she brings them to me and we go over them and we go, okay, well, we know we can last till there, but we've got to try and work out things to fund. Uh, we, we need, we, we want to uh, teach more kids. Mm-hmm. We want to add teachers uh, and we need to, but unless we have um, funding, mm-hmm. we can't do that. Yeah. And we have to make sure that every time we get enough funding that it is going to be we used to always plan three years Mm -hmm. yeah now it's one yeah now it's one so um yeah we've we've gone backwards we have less teachers than we used to have and um we would certainly like to build it back up again okay but uh, i guess the next year or so we'll we'll tell and i think i mean certainly okay covid obviously has an impact for everything right Mm. so um yeah, I mean, hopefully if we're, we're on the, the back end of that now and things do start to pick up, again, like anything else, mm. um, you know, the, the charities will hopefully sort of fall in line with with everything else picking back up and developing. So Yeah, well, the, the thing is there's just so many uh, people out there and I think uh, that uh, COVID has shown that, that there's a lot of people who really who are in desperate situations and, and need the help. who need help. And... It shouldn't happen in a country like this, but it, it, it does, and it's, it's not and, and getting it, any better. And I think for the bit that galls me a little bit with Phuket is it's so wealthy. And I don't necessarily mean they're the, the expat community. There's a lot of wealth in the expat community here, but there's a lot of... Wealth in the Thai Wealth community. in the local community Absolutely. here. It's a nice car park, and you see some yeah. of the Porsches and the Mercedes and the Volvos, and they're not driven by expats. And they're That's not... Cool. No. And, but when we're looking at certain charities, it's the expat market that we're all trying to not not exclusively, yeah. Um, but in the main, they're the ones that are the ones putting their hands in pocket to give, which is and again, it comes from Phuket has been good to us. We can be good back to Phuket, I, and I buy that. But at the same time, there has to be a little. But you know, and, and some charities do very very well, and and you can tell that by the vehicles that they're all driving around in. Yeah, don't um, get me started. I know uh, where you're going with that. Yeah, <laughs> and and our charity, we had a, a car, a vehicle donated to us, I think ten years ago now, um, and it was the cheapest <laughs> um, Toyota little van, yeah. which we still have. Uh, that is our only vehicle, huh. other than um, our teachers all ride mopeds. Yeah. So, I mean, we we need vehicles. And when I look at all of these yeah. other organisations that are fortunate enough to have several brand new vehicles and more coming yeah, every, online every other, all the time. Every other year like, they seem to upgrade hey, the cars. Hey, can, you know, we'll yeah. have one. Yeah, in two years' time, when you upgrade that vehicle of yours that was donated, we'll have we, the old one at least, right? Yeah, yeah. Happy days. Right, and you're too yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah, we're, we're yes, going we to go off on a tangent in a minute. Yeah, yeah. What's your last question? Yeah, Russ. Um, positive, 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 positive. Yes. What sort of things do you have on your bucket list? Oh, my bucket list. Gosh, I've done so many things. I'm going to Greece in September. Have, have you ever been, been to Greece before? No. It is my... F- <laughs> I love, 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 and love I Greece. I will be picking your brain. I'm picking everybody's... Well, about Greece. I've got um, goosebumps already. I absolutely adore Greece. I've, I've I've never scuba dived and I don't ever want to, so that's not on my bucket list. Yeah, don't do it in Greece either. No, I uh, maybe I'll jump out of a plane. Yep, yeah, with a parachute. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
preferably I'll do that actually. with you. Can I ask why Greece? What's it about Greece that you're... Haven't been there. Is that the only reason you want to go there? Oh, well, no. I mean, it's it's always been one of those places that Tom and I wanted it's, to go. Yeah, and we've, it's a beautiful we've been, place. We've been to a lot of places in Europe and, uh, I mean, we never go south to Australia. We always... <laughs> I mean, why we, would we you? We go north. <laughs> we go fairness, north. Russell and I don't go south in Phuket. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a point. I've come all the way up here and, you know... Yes. North, well... Oh, well, we're but, sorry uh, we've dragged you all the way up here yeah. for this amazing yeah, podcast. Yeah, would you want to come to down south? Yeah. Well, um, it's not... I'm happy to go down south. I've got... There's a few people I'd love to go and see down south. You but, just um, need to book a holiday. Well, he won't <laughs> go... And I'll point I, at Russell. I'd have done it for you, Sue. Oh, you yeah. such a lying bastard. When I phoned you up and said, can we get Sue on? You went, oh, yeah. I mean, get her to Central at least. Yeah. You're not going, no, all right, mate. He said that to me. And if he... You're a lying bastard. Uh, yep. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Didn't deny it. <laughs> um, no, bucket list, though. Uh, yeah, my bucket list is really just to keep staying alive for a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get to, you get to my age, you've done... Fair bit, but um, yeah, I don't know. Just stay alive for a bit longer. Oh, fair enough. It's a great way to finish the podcast. I, just stay alive. I'll go with that. Stay alive. Yeah. I think we've all, we all. I mean, we've yeah. all. We have all stay today alive. set personal best records for consecutive days alive, <laughs> which I think is tremendous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. On that note. Yeah. yeah on that positive <laughs> note. Um, so. <laughs> You, you have been on our list to talk to for a long time and um, we really appreciate both Russ and we are yes. Russ and I are massive fans of yours I, and we know that you are a fan of ours and we really yeah, appreciate I'm it definitely a fan of both of yours I'm glad you said no. both then <laughs> 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 um, but no in all fairness thank you so much for everything you've done um, for Phuket has been good to us yeah. and for the the whole of the island and just for being the most amazing person that you are Oh, well, that's very pieces. sweet but I don't I never think of myself as you might not and that's, and that's it, why no. listen you, you've been you, you asked me a question on Friday and it was one question you asked me, Jay, how are you doing? And yeah. s- sometimes that question alone is enough to make people just feel happy and feel that they, you know, they've got friends. So thank you for that. How you doing, Jay? Fuck you, Russell. <laughs> Sue, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> thank you. I love you both. I love you, sweet. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the outro. Hello, mate. That was Sue from... No, 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 no. That was Sue from... No, 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 no. That was... No? No. That was the one, the only, the lovely, the gorgeous, the legend that is... That was Sue from Bamrin Park. <sighs> well, tr- I tried. I wasn't... But she's not... I honestly thought for years that she was the owner of Bamrin Park. But I guess that's because her husband's name's Tom and Tom was the original it's, owner and it just... Was... I, 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 I think it's more just... I mean, what was the blah, 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 blah. What's blah, 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 blah. Everyone recognises her as... I mean, you think Ban Rapai, you think of Sue. In the same way, everyone thinks you own Blue Tree, because you, know, you think Blue Tree, you think Jay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Russell. <laughs> Fuck you a lot. <laughs> You're an arsehole. Oh, I love Sue. And like I said, she's been through a hell of a lot. We didn't, I didn't want to go too much on her the health issues, but she, I mean, she's been through... She's been a bit poorly. A, a bit poorly. Yes. She's done amazing work. And I also didn't realise that she was one of the founder members of... Phuket has been good to us as well. I've learned, learned so much today. today. Yeah, I have. Oh, bless you, Cottons. Every day's a school day. Yeah, no, I've, I've learned you don't look good in pink. Yeah, I, I rock pink. No, um, you don't. I said do. Um, I was. We didn't discuss that on the point. I was trying to think when I first met Sue, and it must have been probably within the first couple of years of my, my being, because we were again on the 
sort of the charity bandwagon and doing things for, for charities and what have you. So uh, it must have, I guess, just kind of been through that. But I've known her a, a long, long time. Um, she's one of those people, and there's very few on this island, um, I find anyway, that really just super, super genuine, lovely, would, would happily, I would happily go south of the island for soup. Is that a euphemism? Uh, uh, yeah, but I'm sure that too. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, me going south of Geelong's, Geelong Circle for someone, uh, I think kind of says it all. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, I'm, the thoughts in my mind are terrible. No, I, I, I genuinely, she's genuinely, yeah, no, she's lovely. One of the nicest people. And there's, do you know what? They're the ones that I really bond to um, yeah. because they're the ones that get me and realize mm-hmm. that I'm not this arsehole. And I'm not this stupid dick. I'm just a bit weird and wonderful and I don't mean anything. And she's just lovely. She's so, like I said, on Friday when I saw her. I loved the story about the first husband. That's just like, <laughs> it's like yeah, Sue, that's you in a nutshell. That is, that's just fantastic. Love Bless it. Her. But like I said, when I saw her a, a week or so ago and she just turned around and said, you know, how are you doing now? It's just that one question, yeah. you know, just someone asking that one question you haven't seen for so long. Because she got it and she, she, she understood. It was and great. And also it's, I mean, it's not just the, the how you're doing. It's you know that comes she from a place it. of genuine yeah. care. You could see it in her yeah. eyes. It's she not just, oh, like, how you doing? It's not just some, some superficial bullshit. No, that's very, very true. And in all fairness, she's the second person we've talked to from Phuket has been good to us. Texas, baby. Anna Rose was our first ever no, at the time. She yeah. was working for that's true. Phuket has been good to us. There we go, you see. Mm. Um, if you have got some pennies or if you have got some time or have got some ideas or event ideas or yep. if you've got old cars that you want to get rid of or motorbikes or, or anything. even new ones that you probably yeah. should have had in the first place <laughs> or if you run a car dealership and you want to you know sponsor a car because back in the day cricket, cricketers yeah. Graham Gooch mm-hmm. used to have a car sponsored by a car company so maybe the car company should sponsor a car for Phuket has been good to us that's all they need to do and they have their Absolutely. name and their yeah. stuff driving around Absolutely. That's a great idea there. If you have any other ideas like Jay's amazing idea, please do get in touch with... Lambert Brothers... Oh, no, we're not doing that one. In a minute. Okay, we're doing the Lambert Brothers in a minute. Can I just say thank you to Lambert Brothers Insurance Brokers who are the sponsor of the podcast. And I think Lambert Brothers would like to say thank you to you for getting their name right this time. (laughs) There's a a story there. (laughs) And we'll save that story for when we actually interview the manager of Lambert Brothers next week. Yes. And now I will tell that whole story. <laughs> On that note, I'm going to go and find some 1990s shit cigarettes <laughs> and enjoy the rest of my night. Russell, thank you for your time. As always, mate, an absolute azure. Goodbye. Bye. Follow us on Facebook at Jail Shark and Friends. On Twitter at Phuket Podcast. On Instagram at Phuket Podcast. But the best place to go is PhuketPodcast.com. The Jail Shark and Friends and Russell podcast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at shark13productions.com.